0: Welcome to What I Know Now, a School Sport New Zealand podcast that's all about the value of sport. I'm Mike Summerall, the CEO of School Sport New Zealand, and we're getting into the biggest issues and questions that young people have when it comes to being involved in sport. Tom Walsh is a real typical Kiwi bloke, except he's a world champion shot putter and one of New Zealand's most successful athletes. His journey to success encapsulates a couple of important lessons for young people playing non-traditional sports and the benefits of playing a range of sports rather than specialising at an early age. He talks about how athletics wasn't even in his top two sports growing up, and how he still played cricket right up to his early 20s. Tom also talks about the social side of sport, including how he leaned on his sporting mates when he left school in Timaru and moved to Christchurch. There's such a wide range of sports available to people these days, so much more than in the past. As Tom shows, all sport has value. All you have to do is show that you're keen to get involved. What's your earliest sporting memories, Tom? Probably rugby. You know, getting up
1: with my um, brother and father or staying up watching, you know, the, the Highlanders. As I'm a Highlanders man. And just cherishing that time that we spent watching and, and talking about the game. And obviously that kind of rolled into my love for cricket, and also now my love for athletics. So, yeah, it's kind of been a pretty big piece of my life to date.
0: I hear that you were pretty good at cricket and rugby growing up. What did that kind of look like for you as you were, you were growing up playing these different sports?
1: I was handy at both, and I love both of them. And I get a little bit frustrated when I hear... Kids having to specialise at young ages, I think it's just stupid. I played uh, rugby, cricket, hockey and athletics through school and I even played rugby, cricket, athletics after school for a few years and, you know, I I don't think specialisation is not the right thing. I think people should be going out there having fun, especially through school age. You know, because you can start taking the sport completely seriously at a later date because there's things that come with taking it seriously, right? There's your own expectations and so forth. So I really love playing all three sports. I used to play number eight as a rugby player and for some reason I had a good fend. Not sure why that is. And then I used to um, be a bit of an all-rounder on the cricket field. You know, jack of all trains, master of none. And then to be completely honest, athletics was my... Probably the last one off the rank. It wasn't my favourite by any stretch of my imagination. It wasn't the one I was the best at. I was good at it, but I never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now. So it's amazing how
0: things can change. Yeah, that is amazing given the, the success you've had in athletics in particular. What do you think the benefits of playing all those multiple sports were right across your life as you were growing up?
1: there was different people who played each sport. So you kind of had to understand and you kind of had to deal with different people, you know, that played each sport. And obviously, two are kind of individual, cricket and athletics. But obviously, cricket is also still a team sport. So you kind of had to learn how to fit into teams you know, I really enjoyed the team aspect of the cricket in terms of sitting on the sideline and having a little bit of banter with the guys and things like that. But in terms of a skill thing, it's a good thing for movement, learning different directions, learning about trying to interpret what someone else in front of you is going to do on the rugby field, trying to pick up the ball you know, on the cricket field and trying to somewhat outthink the other player, whether you're batting or bowling. And in athletics, it's, you know, you just got to try and get into that flow state and let it happen rather than make it happen.
0: Mm-hmm. And Look, you've been hugely successful in your career within athletics, but when you think back to school sport, what were some of your fondest memories of school sport? I
1: was part of like some pretty good first 15s at Timaru Boys High, which was pretty cool. We made the press cup semi-finals twice in a row, which was good fun. And then also cricket teams. I was really lucky to play alongside and against a lot, which was more frustrating than we on alongside Tom Latham, Matt Henry, Henry Nichols. Cole McConkie, who's the the cannery captain right now, and a bunch of other guys who have played first class cricket and stuff, I think, you know, out of about the twelve or thirteen of us, I think ten of them have played first class cricket. And then, you know, just the New Zealand secondary schools for athletics was still an awesome time. Even though I'd only compete, you know, three or four times a year. One would be school sports, the second would be the area champs or I think it was Iraqi regional champs, and then South Island nationals and I just always remember all those days just being fun and just being a kid and running around and yeah, so there's a lot of really positive memories around the high school age sport yeah we wanted to win them all, but we had fun while doing it and you know, we definitely didn't train four or five practices a week for any of them. So, yeah, it was definitely done for the fun and the love of it, for sure. Mm.
0: And do you think being involved in all those different school sports benefited your wider life within school?
1: You know, I moved to Christchurch from Tamaru and coming from a small town and not going to university, it's quite hard to make friends, and playing those three sports up here – Definitely opened up me to a wider range of people. I've still got one or two cricket mates that I stay in contact with, you know, one or two rugby mates, and also obviously the athletics crew too. So, it's definitely made me more well-rounded and seeing the good things of each sport, but also seeing the bad things because it's not all roses, right? But I've loved more than I've (laughs) disliked for sure through my sporting career.
0: You mentioned you carried on playing sport other than athletics after you left school. At what stage did you start thinking? shot puts me and when did you really start have to specialise on that to get to where you've got to today?
1: So I only played one year of rugby after school I had an injury in my left shoulder my last year at school and being a young school kid just kept on playing through it and thought it would go away never did and then I came back when I was about 18 the first year out of school playing Colts in Christchurch and played a few games and it was no better and I was like ah. I don't really want to get surgery. I think one of these other two sports might be me. So I kept on playing cricket for three years So until I was about 21. Even then, I still hadn't made a decision because I still played a few games after that. Well, what happened was I went over to Europe in the winter to try qualify for world champs in 2013, and I was one centimetre short of making the team. And there's nothing like a 24-hour flight to make you think about things. I came back and I thought, well, you know, stuff this, you know, like I'm kind of got my finger in this pie and my finger in this pie. I'm not really doing anything too seriously. Well, I'm also building on the side too, right? Well, not on the side. It's my day job. I can't have my cake and eat it too, which essentially I was trying to do. So that's when I kind of thought, I'll put six months of training into athletics. And I still played a few cricket games, but I wasn't training really for it. And then I managed to get third at World Indoors six months later, and I thought, well, maybe I can make this thing work. Like not even until then, like – even when I qualified for World Indoors and even when I was there, I was like, it still wasn't like, will this thing be my thing? It was still like, oh, well, that's good, you know, like it seems to be working to some degree. And then, you know, getting third at World Indoors kind of opened a few doors and the number of sports I was playing dropped to just athletics. But I, met, I still miss cricket, right? I still, you know, it was awesome playing in the Black Clash last year and, and playing alongside some of the guys I watched growing up and just sitting in a change room and talking with them. It was a pretty cool moment. But, yeah, I'm happy with
0: my decision still. And I hear you're into a bit of croquet as well.
1: <laughs> croquet. Well, yeah, look, I wasn't the model student, that's for sure. Um, I, uh, I have dyslexia, so well, certain classes in school weren't my favorite, and I essentially tried to do anything to get a day off. And I remember my mates and I went to, I think it was regionals for a croquet to get a day or two off. Which was, again, good fun. I think the guy who was taking it couldn't understand why we were there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sports just education outside the classroom, isn't it? Exactly,
1: mate. Exactly. And, and look, you, you learn how you, you can t- to conduct yourself, right? Whether it's going good or bad, you learn a lot about people when the chips are down and how they react and stuff. And sport is a
0: good testing field for that. Mm. There's a conversation in New Zealand around traditional sport and non-traditional sport and how certain schools may favour those traditional sports over non-traditional sports. Were you ever tempted to possibly go down that more traditional sport role? And certainly not saying athletics isn't one of our major sports in New Zealand, but in terms of cricket, rugby and what we hear, were you tempted to go that way because that's where resource, all those types of things were?
1: Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. But I think one thing that was great with the people that I had around me through school and also like my parents and, and my coaches of each sport, they kind of understood the differences. They were kind of like, well, if this is rugby season, well, rugby season's doesn't roll into summer. <laughs> You know, and cricket season doesn't roll into winter. Sure as hell, if you want to train for cricket or rugby during those other times on by yourself, you're more than welcome to, but they never applied any pressure to make, say, well, if you don't train in those times, then you can't make the team. So, you know, I was very lucky with that. And I think, you know, it was good to hear on the radio that I think the top 10 Auckland schools have decided to take the rugby off. Live TV, and you know, I thought, that, well, guys, you're about five or ten years behind the eight ball there, but well done, you finally got there. You know, because I think we tie too much importance to rugby and we take it too seriously. You go to anywhere else in the world and you watch a football game and they're fans, they're enjoying being there. And I think it's good that they've kind of started to go a little bit backwards and uh, getting schoolboy rugby off live TV is a good move.
0: You've talked about balance and you've made a career out of traveling the world and giving your best, but how do you find that balance from being so driven by training and being the best you can possibly be, but making sure you're looking after all those other parts of your life that are really important?
1: Well, I'll tell you you one thing for sure. I'm not always balanced. My fiance can testify to that. But I think as long as you're trying to work towards being somewhat balanced, whether it's in your mental prep, your, you know, social life. I think if you neglect one of the numerous things, it goes out of balance and you've got to have people around you that, that keep you in check because, you know, I've been guilty of doing too much social stuff sometimes or, you know, committing to some sponsorship stuff or, you know, just putting too much on my plate. And I think you need to have those, you know, two or three people that are in your corner and will be there whether you're good or bad. And they will always give you the honest answer. Because sometimes you can't see the forest from the trees, right? Because you're in it. And I think, you know, especially the last year has been really good for me. I feel like I'm much more self-aware. And being self-aware definitely helps that balance. And I've got a good group of people around me that do support me to stay self-aware.
0: It was really interesting how you almost checked yourself earlier around your day job being building, not the side job. Do you apply as probably as much pressure you do in the sport arena around being as best as you can be there in your day-to-day job as a builder?
1: <laughs> well, the good thing now is I can live off what I do on throwing circles. So I'm not having to you know lift trusses and stand frames all day anymore, and I'm not doing it a lot, which is good because, as you said, coming back to the balance side, that was really good. Like the guys – on the building site, didn't care how much I bench pressed that day or how far I threw the shot they just cared if you stuffed jobs up or you know how much you drank or whatever it was you know it was a bit of reality so I am a bit of a well I, I, I bit, I'm a perfectionist <laughs> and that rolls from training but also into building and I like seeing the visual progress of building and I still do do a bit of it but not a lot it's just nice to take that cap off of being an athlete and putting the building cap on and and turning the radio up and just getting stuff done for a day.
0: Mm. How important
1: is winning to you? I hate losing. Like, I hate it. You know, obviously some days I know that because the way we've set up training and stuff like that, that I'm not in any type of shape to compete. But if I'm in good shape and I know I should be competitive, yeah, it's a lovely feeling but also like – and this is something I've done really well this year, is I've been able to step back and kind of see everything and kind of go, well, actually, you probably were never in the hunt or you were in the hunt or you stuffed that one up or not. So it is very important to me, and, and it's one of the reasons why I do this sport is because, you know, I love that feeling of nailing that perfect throw that gets you across the line first, right? But it's also a tricky one because you've got to check
0: yourself sometimes. I was fortunate to listen to Nigel Avery recently, Chef de Mission, Birmingham Commonwealth Games, and he talked about the importance of monarchy for the New Zealand Olympic team and all the work that was done around bringing in diverse individuals into one focus. Are you able to share a little bit around what that looked like and the importance of one team? Essentially, most Commonwealth Games
1: sports are individual to some degree. Obviously, you've got hockey and netball, and you had cricket and sevens there, but that only made up you know maybe seventy or eighty of the two hundred and thirty athletes. So there was a lot of individuals. And one thing that the New Zealand team does phenomenally well is they welcome everyone into the village with a haka and a wee speech. You know, these are the things we expect from you, kind of thing. And right there and then, it's kind of set. And you know, being a flag bearer with Joe you're kind of there to hold those to standard a little bit. So if you see someone doing something, you kind of, hey, look, what are you doing? Like, you shouldn't be doing this. Or So they're definitely set by the NZOC, and then it's definitely checked continuously by them, but also by the team managers and, and also the athletes and stuff. The Commonwealth Games and the Olympic Games are great because how often do you get to sit with all these guys in one room, top New Zealand athletes? You know, like I've got to train with Paul Coles a bunch of times over there in the gym and, and stuff like that. And it was just awesome to sit down and talk to someone who's so successful in his own right in his own sport. It's just a great environment there. And they just set it up so well, you know, linking back to the New Zealand roots and, and all those kind of things. So it's an awesome space to be in.
0: That conversation really resonated with me from the idea that we've got so many sports in schools yet there's the conversation that we value some over more, when if we really break this down, we could all be on a similar walker here and and driving what it looks like to be involved in sport in a school.
1: Yeah, the only thing is you're talking about egos, and those mainstream sports seem to have the uh, biggest egos of the lot, which is tricky, right? And don't get me wrong, I'm casting a net over all of them at the same time, and I'm not saying every coach is like that, but I've seen it and heard about it so much. And I. it's such a shame when you hear a promising netballer isn't allowed to play rugby because, you know, they're both winter sports and you can't possibly do both. It's not fair to do both. It's all, well, no, it's high school, right? Like they should just be playing the game. They're not professionals. Like if they want to play both sports and they don't fall on the same day, I think we should let them do that because there's so many kids who leave school and that's the last time they play sport, which is a huge shame for sport in New Zealand.
0: And look, I know from many New Zealands was watching on at the achievements of you guys at the Commonwealth Games, but I think some of the proudest moments were actually watching those haka and watching how you welcome people in. And it wasn't just about all the amazing medals that were there. And that's such an important lesson for schools, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think the New Zealand media has the place to play here, right? Because they're the first people to get on the phone and call you up if things haven't gone well. Why didn't you compete well today? You know, but they're not always the first people to get on the phone if you get second or third on Diamond Leagues and so forth. So I think the New Zealand media has a huge part to play on the story they tell about New Zealand athletes, especially in smaller sports like athletics, and not always pumping out the bad stuff because we don't tell the story of the good stuff enough. And sometimes getting second or third or fourth is a f- great performance we are either, well, you didn't win it, so what it, What happened? <laughs>
0: Mm. That's a lovely segue into the next question, Tom, in terms of what do you think is the true value of being involved in sport?
1: It opens so many doors, whether it's friends overseas, places you've seen, connections you've made, learning about tough times, learning about good times, how you can deal with that mentally, you know, physically, obviously emotionally rolls in there just relationships you build because you go to some pretty deep dark places in training cycles and after competitions that don't go well but you also hit some massive massive highs with people it's just a phenomenal thing to go through and live through and yeah for sure I'd love to win every competition but I also wouldn't change anything right like everything I've done has happened and I've been pissed off at it at the time but it's made me the person I am now and has made me make decisions or change things. Or, and I'm sitting right here right now in my first week back at training and I'm loving being back. So, you know, I wouldn't change it. I'm excited for this year coming. I'm excited to see my mates again when I go back overseas. I'm excited to stick it up the Americans and show them that they're not the guys who deserve the medals. I'm excited for that stuff.
0: I think we're excited to see you do it, Tom. Have you got any advice for those young people that are looking at somebody like yourself and seeing all that success and how they might go about that journey? What are the things they need to think about?
1: I guess you've got to realise that I'm not perfect, even though I like to think I am. No matter how much you want to be perfect and want to get it bang on and want to get it right, it's not going to happen. So you've got to accept some disappointment along the way. You're going to accept some stuff-ups. But I think the main thing is you've got to enjoy it. You've got to love it and you've got to want to do it. If you want to do it, it's not going to be hard to get out of bed. It's going to be great. I've gone through periods in my career where it's been tough, right? But sitting here right now, like I'm really fizzing for this year. I get paid to travel the world and throw a ball, right? Like what's that? Like that's cool. So I think you've got to follow your dreams. you got to do it for yourself, no one else. You can't do it for anyone else. Like it's too much of a selfish profession to do for someone else and enjoy it because it's only a short time being professional or trying to be professional or whatever you know being in social sport you know it's only a short time you can play it until you get too old and you start hurting yourself and injuring yourself and so forth (laughs)
0: <laughs> and what are you going to play when the athletics is done?
1: <laughs> well, first of all, you don't play athletics. That's one thing we'll clear up. <laughs>
0: <Fair play.
1: laughs> well, I'm a pretty keen golfer at the moment already, so I think that's probably going to be my sport after athletics. Much easier on the body. Yeah, maybe I might get back into cricket, who knows, but I think I'm going to have to lose probably 30 kgs, which would be nice, and uh, we'll just see
0: what happens. Mate, that's been so cool talking to you. Absolutely wish you the absolute best of luck. Yeah, go well on your journey. Thanks for listening and a massive thank you to Tom for being involved. Hopefully you've taken away some of his experiences that you can apply to your own sporting involvement, whatever level you're at. If you did, please feel free to comment, review, subscribe, or share this podcast with your mates. It really does make a difference. This podcast has been produced by Raw Collective for School Sport New Zealand. If you liked it, check out some of our other episodes. It's an ever-growing resource helping you to navigate sport as one part of a well-rounded life. See you on the next episode.